0: Dagens lustpodd är en fortsättning från förra veckans intervjuer som jag gjorde när jag var i Tartu på den sexologiska NAX-konferensen. Den hette Sexuality, Pain and or Pleasure. Den estniska sexologiska föreningen är väldigt liten men lyckades genomföra en fin konferens med ett väldigt gediget schema. Många föreläsare som beskrev sexualiteten från perspektiv av både njutning men också utifrån smärtsamt sex. De hade till och med bryckt öl som de kallade för pain och sen fanns det ett annat öl som hette pleasure. I dagens avsnitt så ska ni få lyssna på en intervju som jag har gjort med Paul Korvitz som var konferenschef. Han jobbar annars som doktor och androlog och hans kollega i teamet som hade hand om konferensen Annika Tamme som är både forskare, psykolog och sexterapeut. Och eftersom jag inte kan estniska så är ju intervjun på engelska.
1: So here I am now with Annika and Paul. Welcome.
2: Hello. Hello.
1: So maybe you should just introduce yourself. Who are you? Who would like to start? <laughs> I,
3: I can go first. So I, I am Anika Tamme. Hello. Mm-hmm. I, I am a PhD student at the University of Tartu. I'm also a junior lecturer here. So I do teach um, psychology students as well. And um, when I'm not at the university, I, I am also working as a sex therapist here in Tartu uh, in Estonia. So kind of trying to um, navigate both the academic world and, and client work as well because I think for me they, they really kind of merge very well together. So to make sure that the work that I do with clients is science-based but but also to not get lost in the science and the big words and, and not be in touch with people's actual lives. So I really make sure that I'm kind of one foot in, in each world.
1: Oh, that's so great. And Paul, what about you? Who are you?
2: I'm, um, uh, I'm a clinical andrologist. So it, uh, it means I um, work in the field of, men's uh, reproductive health although um, andrology has become a uh, more wide field uh, in terms of um, also including the the general uh, health of men, because it's it's all so related to the specific andrologic uh, conditions and and diseases that uh, you you can't really dismiss it and and uh, Because andrology is a very, very young specialty in medicine. Uh, I can see it evolving like under my own eyes. So uh, Mm. what was andrology like 20 years ago when I started, it was very specifically uh, male specific diseases, uh, like hormonal or or genetic or or fertility related or something like that. But now it's much wider. So mainly we we just uh, uh, work with uh, the issues that patients have, um, the symptoms or complaints that patients have, but in almost like, I don't know, 80, 90% of cases, we arrive at the general health issues, because that is the the, the reason behind all that, the lifestyle, the habits, so the, the, all all the uh, these uh, small uh, details. And uh, I, I have been working in uh, andrology for, I think it's 20 years. So, uh, and during that time, I also did my PhD. in microbiology, and I have been uh, doing uh, youth counseling for, for young men, also since 2002 or three. I don't remember anymore. So um, it's been um, been a long and, uh, and interesting time.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. And, it, and uh, all of your uh, knowledge, and I mean both being in the medical science and all the science and uh, as a specialist in clinical sexology, it's also uh, interesting to hear about how is it to work with sexology in uh, Estonia? <laughs> You're smiling, Annika. <laughs>
3: oh, you can go first. <laughs>
2: uh, well, it, it's uh, it's also um, quite a young specialty mm-hmm. in Estonia and, and actually it's it's a young specialty everywhere, so it's also evolving, and it's uh, there are there are different um, different sides of the coin because it's uh, it's the specialists uh, how they how they work in their specific fields, because uh, there are very few people who have who can actually tell that they are only sexologists and nothing else. It's, it's usually based on some 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 other specialty. So they are, for example, they are primarily gynecologists, or they are uh, urologists, or they are something else. But uh, this, uh, well, you you cannot uh, you cannot study uh, sexology in the university in in, in Estonia like in in a bachelor's degree, right? So mm-hmm. like uh, uh, so, it's only uh, you can only like specialize in that field uh, later when you have. Uh, already graduated uh, with with your initial degree. but uh, but to work uh, from from another side, it's 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 also all these um, stereotypes that people have when you talk about uh, se- sexuality and sex related uh, yeah, issues and uh, it's not not only the the um, uh, generation of people over 50 right so it's 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 also with with younger people because they are heavily under the influence of the internet and wow. and uh, when you go to uh, google that whether coffee does kill you you can find that page that tells you that coffee mm-hmm. does kill you and if you want to find a page that tells you that that coffee uh, uh, saves you from a lot of cancers. Then you can find that page too. So it it really depends on what what you are looking for. But there's no filter in between. And and that's uh, that's the problem that that it creates a lot of stereotypes because they are very easy to um, to believe. And especially young people uh, tend to be very receptive uh, uh, towards these uh, stereotypes. So this is this is the other side of the coin. So.
1: So how do you feel about working with sexology, Annika, in Estonia?
3: I think it's it's very interesting to also see the the almost like different perspectives between me and Paul because Paul is more uh, working with like medicine. And and Mm -hmm. since he's an MD, then it's it's quite interesting to also see the the psychological side. So as, as Paul mentioned, we don't really have education in estonia that you could access even for example for for psychologists and therapists we don't right now have curriculums to specialize on sex therapy or, or clinical sexology so people do need to go to well the closest place is finland of course if you're like me and you don't speak finnish then for example i went to the uk study Mm, so so you kind of have to go somewhere to specialize and then you can come back and and right now for me I think it's been I've been in Estonia for I think it's going to be three years and and it's been for me a very interesting journey of of trying to navigate the healthcare system here and and finding my place as as a clinical sexologist or someone that has specialised in working with sexual themes, so I'm I'm one of the lucky few that um, gets to mainly work with sexual themes, both in in university and and with clients. So so it's definitely been very interesting navigating that because there are so few sex therapists in Estonia, and and I think it's not fully a part of the healthcare system yet but as as mentioned multiple times before i think it is a field that is so rapidly growing and and there's so much new knowledge and and i think it, it's it's very exciting to almost be there as it is growing as a science and also also the system in estonia as well and and the teamwork between different sides of kind of sexology so what are the
1: Main issues that people come to seek you about.
2: I, I think uh, I think in, in, in many cases, uh, uh, well, actually, the, the reason uh, uh, why why men come to to see me as a as a as a doctor or a, a counselor, it's the reason that's why they they um, well uh, booked a meeting uh, or booked a visit. Uh, but um uh, but later, actually, it turns out that the initial problem is is uh, maybe the smallest uh, or one of the smallest of this man's concerns. so um after we uh, we discover uh, all the other like layers beneath this um, this initial problem, but of course, the 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 main reasons, uh, the the main actual reasons uh, why they 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 come well uh, to to visit a counselor in, in younger men, it's it's uh, it's actually a lack of knowledge, it's fear, insecurity, low self esteem, and uh, well, yeah, fear, fear of making mistakes, uh, fear of changing something, and uh, and maybe also uh, some. Uh, Getting stuck into uh, into some vicious uh, circle that they 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 can't get out, be it uh, uh, a circle of habits or a circle of of uh, this um, typical um, trains of thought that are of uh, no good use actually. So carrying uh, some uh, maybe stereotypes about women and and uh, uh, trying to make relationships based on that, so it it, it usually doesn't help, you know. Especially if you are a young man, like 22 years old, and you think that women should do this or that. And, and why don't they do that, you know? But the, the problem is not in, in the women, of course, so, so the problem is that you don't know them. And, and also, uh, of course, they, they uh, know quite a little about themselves, uh, how their body works, uh, what is a disease and what is not a, de- not a disease. So, uh, being a doctor, I would say that recognizing a disease is mm. is much simpler than uh, than to recognize uh, a case where it's actually a variation of the norm, mm. variation of the normal. Because variations of the n- normal go way beyond uh, just these textbook cases. And diseases uh, actually mm. have very specific signs. They may not mm. all be there at the same moment. Mm. But they are they are recognizable and they are progressive in in time. so so the more the disease progresses, the more it shows itself. and yeah. and at, at the end, even a uh, second uh, year medical student will recognize it, you know mm-hmm. but with the variation of the of the normal, uh, you may go around with that like uh, whole your whole life and nobody um, gets you a correct diagnosis because diagnosis because there is none. So this is, uh, this is quite a challenge sometimes and, and also to communicate it to, to a patient that uh, you have no disease because, because uh, some patients, uh, they, they want to have a, a disease because uh, they want to have a diagnosis, something to, uh, to, to hold upon and, and hold on to and, and to, uh, to get treatment because if we know what's wrong, then, then we, can, we can treat it. Some uh, there, there's a lot of crazy stuff done in the in the uh, medical uh, series and and TV shows and and so on. So the expectations are quite high. But to mm. communicate what is normal is is actually uh, it's uh, I could say it's uh, it's more than half of my work.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So you agree with this, Annika? What What are the things that you meet in your line of work, both in your profession as a at the university, but also as a psychologist?
3: Yeah, well, I, I suppose since I, I did specialise quite early on, um, I do kind of identify more with being a sexologist than I do with being a psychologist, but I do work with the, more of the psychological themes, and, and I very much agree with the fact that the labels or, or the, the problems that people initially come in to my room with some of the times aren't actually diagnoses as such anyway, and I don't diagnose, but I can also see the problems and, and quite often they are variations of normal. And 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 I and I wholeheartedly agree with that. But I suppose I I'm then that person that also sits and learns with them, you know. Communication skills, body skills, pleasure, the meaning of everything, and 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 how to navigate what it means to be a sexual person if they are a sexual person, because sometimes they might discover that you know their big problem is the fact that the society is shouting at them to be sexual while they're not. So it's it's I I suppose I get to do the very fun and colorful work where nobody is alike and and. No matter what kind of label they come in with, I, I get to really dive deep into what what it is and what it means for them, and and to be on that like self-discovery and exploration journey with them, which I'm incredibly grateful to do. And it's so interesting to hear you talk because I it's
1: so mind-blowing that it's the same issues all over the world i mean it's not far from you you're not far from sweden but uh the, it's the same issues it's fears and it's uh variations of norms and and uh you know to be to be a sexual person is is something that is so connected with the general health that you say so it's uh it's, it's interesting that it's the same questions that we have <laughs> also Absolutely. So what what does your colleague think in Estonia when you t- say that you talk about that you work with sexology? Do they like it or are they interested or is it a hard thing to talk about?
3: I I suppose um, people around me that are not in kind of the professional realms I would say are very aware because I've I've kind of been telling everyone that I will become a sexologist for a quite a long time before I actually got to study it and um, and I think in terms of the people around me professionally, I think people are really craving the knowledge mm. and really craving to talk about sexual themes and I think when I work at my clinic it's very much about the the medics so kind of the midwives and the doctors and the gynecologists they're really craving the psychological aspects and the psychological dynamics that go on because I I don't think that they feel they've gotten enough of that knowledge and training and I think it's it's the flip side of that with being around psychologists. Because obviously, if you work as a psychologist, you can't just eliminate sex and sexuality from life. But I think that it's also a feeling for psych- psychologists quite often that they don't know enough about bodily functioning and what is normal. And and I think a lot of the psychologists then also haven't ever faced their own like moral stances with sex, because, you know, when, when you're in sexology training you're very much faced with your own views on sexuality and normal and and you learn to navigate all of that and I think that's what what everyone is kind of craving still or at Mm -hmm. least that's what that's what I see and and I think it's been I once again I've I've have really enjoyed having these conversations because for example whenever i i talk to like the the doctors in our uh, our clinic then i always learn something new because i'm i'm not a doctor i i obviously don't know their world and i think with talking to psychologists it's always so kind of interesting to see the different ways that sexuality just is so much like every other part of our life but we've kind of made a distinction there somewhere even though you know if you're an anxious person then probably that i'm going to translate beautifully into your sex life if if you are in general quite an insecure person that's probably going to translate into your sexual life and and vice versa so it's very I, i really love getting into these conversations because you really get to look at sexology from a different angle that you don't perhaps every day even though I work um, with psychological themes and it's obviously not that far from me you still get another perspective and I think that's very fruitful for both of us in that conversation yeah
1: very interesting so Paul what does your colleague say about your sexology perspectives?
2: Uh, I think if I uh, think about my colleagues in in uh, in andrology, and there are like uh, five or six guys there, they are all uh, uh, very well they they have to do the same work as me, so they they cannot be ignorant, and they mm-hmm. they they also have to. Uh, to learn uh, the same ropes, but uh, but uh, when it uh, uh, when it's uh, about other specialties, it's a bit tricky because uh, when you go to surgical specialties, it's mostly men's world and mm-hmm. uh, because uh, because boys uh, like medical students uh, they they usually go uh, and uh, study surgery in the residency uh-huh. years so most uh, surgeons are men at least i think in estonia i think it's it's almost the same everywhere so um, and in that it's uh, there's a bit like this um, like this macho culture in in surgery because they think they do the most important work in medicine because other fields of medicine is just you know this this it's like these soft topics and mm-hmm. and it's it's not so go go see a therapist and and go yeah. uh, you know if you have some some issue with uh, a psychological issue or uh, things they don't understand they say go see a shrink you know mm-hmm. um, so they 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 never like um, try to solve these problems or they just uh, throw a stereotype at you like like. Uh, uh, worry less or think positively or something like that, like pop psychology, you know. So, um, so it it very much uh, depends on who you talk to. But usually, people who uh, who see patients with these uh, problems in their everyday work. I mean, uh, uh, gynecologists and and uh, of course andrologists and uh, and a lot of uh, endo- endocrinologists and. Uh, um, neurologists as well—they are usually uh, way more cautious about uh, giving. They—they uh, they actually uh, hold um, sexologists in in quite uh, like um, high esteem because because they know it's uh, it's it's a very specific work that requires very special knowledge, and uh, and there are very few people who actually can do that. Uh, in, in Estonia, to find a good therapist in Estonia, you have to know someone who knows them. So yeah. uh, th- that's another problem that we we don't have uh, like uh, a good comprehensive uh, like uh, website that you can go and see that that oh here are all the contacts and just uh, write them or, or call them. And uh, and as has been with with sexology also in the Nordic countries, that that there are. There are people or uh, medical uh, medical specialists who just uh, uh, they put up a, a sign on their um, cabinet that uh, I'm a sexologist and that's it. No one can say that you are not. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a problem because uh, because there are well, some some uh, you could say like specialists who may uh, make your things worse. But but of mm-hmm. course there are. Uh, some of my colleagues in medicine—I mean, not in andrology—but who think that that uh, what we do in our clinic is we just uh, from uh, write prescriptions of uh, Viagra from morning to to uh, to nightfall. So, um, so this is the perception of of what andrologist does. So, so usually it's it's quite quite a limited vision but uh those who have um like more more contacts uh or uh or they they have had some some patience that we have had to to discuss um between us they they usually um are more respectful towards towards these topics mm-hmm. so
1: so this has been so good talking to you uh I really hope that uh maybe i can talk to you again and especially also Annika, to talk about your research absolutely so thank you both of you for for joining me and i certainly hope that this uh, was a good recording <laughs> and yes. uh, uh, and i'm so and i know that there are so many swedish sexologists that attended the the conference and everyone was so pleased and so happy and they they can't praise you enough for doing this conference about sexuality and pain and pleasure. It was very very good. So thank you for that.
2: Thank you.
3: Absolutely. am I'm, I'm so I'm so glad you guys had a good time.
0: <laughs> ja, jag hoppas att ni har fått med lite mer om hur sexologin faktiskt inte bara frodas i Sverige utan i andra länder. Och det är spännande, precis som Annika beskriver, att de är i ett skeende där sexologin håller på att utarbetas och blir mer och mer normaliserad som som ett del i ett ämne som är viktigt för både patienter och inom akademin. Jag kommer ju säkert få möjlighet att prata mer med Annika. Hon forskar kring sexualitet och fantasier och liknande. Så det kommer vara spännande att få höra mer om det längre fram. Och Annika har även gått en utbildning som jag själv ska gå som heter Compulsive Sexual Behaviors. Det ska bli jättespännande och det känns lite kul att jag har någon som redan har gått den här utbildningen som jag kan lära mig av. För dig som går och funderar på om du vill bli sexolog och hur man går till väga om man skulle vilja bli det. –så har vi i nästa veckas avsnitt en särskild gäst som kan en del om det här. Så lyssna då på avsnittet om Hur blir jag sexolog? Ha det så gott! Hej, hej! Du har lyssnat till Lustpodden. För mer information och tips från programmet så hänvisar vi till lustpodden.se– Där kan du också kontakta oss om du vill vara med och berätta din berättelse om lust och relationer i terapi. Signaturmelodin är skapad av Johan Nilsson och redaktör och producent och ansvarig för klippning är Julia Linde.